Action Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ of the Planet every Tuesday and Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also hear it on our YouTube channel, which is simply Camp Constitution, and on our Podomatic page, podomatic.com, and just punch in Camp Constitution. It is sponsored by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And this year's camp will be held at the Lakeside Christian Camp and Retreat Center in beautiful Pittsfield, Massachusetts, from June, July 28th to August 3rd. And we have a guest on the line here, uh, Commander, or I should say President uh, Bob Bossard of the Massachusetts Sons of the American Revolution. How are you doing, Bob? Very good, Hal. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I just returned from the uh, Mass Hopes uh, Homeschool Convention uh, in Worcester, and I met a gentleman that had a great program. It's called uh, Stand Up America. He has this uh, Benjamin Franklin, a cartoon character on a on a screen, and you can interact with Benjamin. You can ask him questions about his involvement in the founding of this country, and uh, it's designed for mostly young people, but it's really a lot of fun and. Uh, we hope to have them at our camp this year. So anyway, I want Great. to discuss. I want to discuss this uh, incredible organization that I'm honored to be a part of, called the Sons of the American Revolution. And Bob, you are the Massachusetts president. Of course, they have uh, chapters in all 50 states and I think other parts of the world. So tell us uh, first. Tell us a little bit about your background and what got you involved in the Sons of the American Revolution, and then tell us some. Things about the Sons of the American Revolution. Certainly. Uh, I've been a member now since 2014, so I'm a new member. I, You're I'm a new not, guy, yeah. Uh, one of, yeah, I'm not one of these old-timers. Uh, originally <laughs> from Pennsylvania, and uh, I, had, to be honest with you, had never heard of the Sons of the American Revolution. I got involved when uh, my daughter was applying to college, and uh, even though uh, I knew of a patriot ancestor of ours, um, I never heard of the Sons of the American Revolution. We grew up knowing all about the Daughters of the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Catherine going, applying to college, I knew that there were scholarships available and that perhaps she should look into becoming a member of that organization. So I got down and dirty and uh, with the genealogy and put together her application, and she was accepted in 2010. So it wasn't for another few years that uh, somehow I saw reference to the sons and uh, decided I would use all of the work I did for her application and uh, did my own. So that I, I kind of went in backwards. Uh, most people, a lot of people use record copies of uh, an older generation and uh, use that to get into the organization. I went backwards. I used my daughter's application to get myself in. So uh, that's, so in that's where be, that uh, began. In order to qualify to be a member, not anyone can just join. Uh, if you, first of all, you have to be a male. And uh, what are the qualifications besides that? What, what, uh, what connections do you have to have from a, um, from a founder or one of the founders? <clears throat> right. This is a male 
lineage society. So uh, to qualify to become a member, uh, unlike some of the other lineage societies, you don't need to trace your roots to a soldier, although many of us do. And in my case, mm -hmm. I do. Uh, you just need to be able to demonstrate that you have descended from somebody who has evidence of being on the patriot, the patriot side of the uh, situation. So um, for the most part, uh, the easiest records to find, and you have to prove your way, uh, are military records. So most, uh, most of our members do use soldiers ultimately. Uh, because those are the records easiest to find. Although that's not required, you can, if you have uh, someone who was uh, uh, on the patriot side of the, of the uh, cause, uh, use that ancestor to get in. So, well, for uh, example, yeah. if you, we, John Adams was not a soldier, but uh, I would say without John, we probably wouldn't be a, a free people. So anyone that has lineage to John Adams, and I'm sure there are some. That's right. Men, uh, yeah. Uh, and maybe if uh, uh, Paul Revere. Paul Revere is another Paul, example. Paul Revere. Yes. Well, he did, and we he do did, have he, uh, a descendant. He did lead, a, a lead some soldiers into Canada. But that's another topic for another time. Yes. Yeah, so there's, um, by the way, I think he had 16 children, and they all survived uh, he fathered 16 children, I should say. Got to give credit to his poor wife. Uh, and I think Correct. they all survived childhood. So uh, there's a lot of reviewers out there today. Um, and right. I know there's some that belong to the SAR, DAR. So if your ancestor could have been a member of the Committees of Safety, Committees of Correspondence, uh, a member of some, um, paid in some capacity, not necessarily a soldier. But like right. my, it, was right. easy. it was easy for me Go to trace my lineage because uh, my, my ancestor bore the name of Shirtliff, although there's probably other people that I can trace back to that with other last names that I, haven't, I don't need to. And I think today is so much easier to find your lineage, especially uh, because of the Internet, where you know, 30 or 40 years ago, you had to, if you didn't have this already, you'd have to go to painstaking research to get records, but today it's relatively easy. That's absolutely true. And uh, beyond that, uh, there were kind of privacy rules in play where uh, record copies weren't automatically uh, provided. Uh, you, you could know of a patriot ancestor and not know the exact route, that is the lineage mm. path, to that ancestor, but somebody else did. And you weren't uh, always able to get your hands on that information, whereas that's very easy to do today, uh, record copies. So if you know your ancestor, but you don't necessarily know the genealogy, you can get the roadmap, so to speak, through what is called a record copy. So, uh, but that's, that wasn't always the case. So... Uh, uh, yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is much easier in, the t in today's world to do this, and people are finding that they have multiple ancestors. Uh, mm -hmm. you, once you are in the organization, it's popular to continue to look 
for others, and you uh, be, you have supplemental applications. And it's not uncommon for people to have three, four, five <clears throat> supplemental uh, ancestors as well as uh, their primary. Now, give us a little background of the organization itself, when it was founded, and some of the things that uh, people do, and why should people join if they if they qualify for membership? I should say. Right. Well, this is an old organization. Uh, 1889, it was founded. And what was happening was uh, shortly after the centennial, the 100th anniversary of uh, the signing of the Declaration or the, uh, the beginning of the war, um, it became apparent to a lot of people that our uh, ancestors that were there in the flesh are no longer around. And it, there was a new surge of patriotism at that time. And it, uh, there was uh, efforts to form organizations to commemorate and uh, remember those ancestors. So the sons, the daughters, the, there's uh, this, the Society of the Cincinnati, there, there's many organizations. Now, did Henry uh, Knox was the founder of the Cincinnati, is that correct? Well, uh, George Washington was, to be honest was with it? you. Okay. Yeah. And, and in, order, uh, in order to qualify for that group, you had to have uh, an officer who served in the Revolutionary War. An officer, and then you also uh, needed to be the first male of your generation. So, uh, oh, really? When, so it's really exclusive. <laughs> so, so it's a very limited group. Um, yes, it, it, it's much more difficult to get uh, into that organization, um, but they prevail. They're they're uh, they've been around the longest. That was started back in the uh, 1700s. So uh, they mm -hmm. they've been around a long time. Uh, the Suns, uh, 1889, here in Massachusetts, we were one of the uh, uh, first societies formed, and uh, we have a long history uh, here. Uh, there's been a number of uh, president generals that have hailed from uh, Massachusetts, and uh, I spoke recently about one of them, uh, Edward Shepard Barrett, who was uh, an early uh, Massar president who uh, was from Concord and a descendant of uh, Colonel James Barrett, where uh, he was the farmer who uh, stored all of the munitions in Concord that uh, the Redcoats marched to that fateful day that started the whole war. So... Uh, uh, talk about a uh, patriotic lineage. Uh, Edwin Shepard Barrett has one that can't be beat, I, I would say. Uh, on top of that all, uh, he built a home that overlooked uh, the North Bridge. And that, uh, that no longer exists. That home is gone now. It was torn down. But uh, he literally sat on what is now National Park property, overlooking uh, uh, the North Bridge. So he, he was uh, one patriot to be remembered, that's for sure. And, uh, well, that's one of, the, one of the main reasons why I got involved is because of the love of history, and not just loving history, 
but making it alive to other people. And so when you see uh, the Henry Knox Color Guard, which the Massachusetts Something American Revolution has, uh, marching on that North Bridge, firing volleys to honor those that had um, that had fallen there in that or fought, and everybody died, of course. I just think it's just a great. I mean, uh, the, I, I attended one of those parades, and I remember seeing uh, a group on the bridge, and then they played bagpipes. They're playing "Amazing Grace." It's hard not to get a little misty-eyed if you're a, if you're a sentimental patriot like I am. You know, just a, a great experience. Right. But what I what I love is the interaction with the ch- young children. You know, these are unforgettable moments that they meet these guys in these in these realistic uniforms and you can touch these things, uh, firelocks or muskets, you know. And I think that's, that's, right. that's what you need. And, you know, I think it was Ronald Reagan who said that uh, we're just one generation away from losing our history. And if, if it's up to people like us to keep it alive, and, uh, and that's one that, of the things I love about the SARs because they do that. That's true. Uh, as a member of the uh, Color Guard, I, I'm actually the commander as well uh, currently. Uh, this has become one of our key events every year, the um, <clears throat> firing on the North Bridge. That always happens uh, on Patriots Day, uh, April the 19th, not on right. the holiday, which is always the right. third Monday um, of April. Monday, yeah. Uh, yeah. We also do celebrate that day with uh, a banquet held in, in Concord. Not really a banquet, but a luncheon. But the uh, President General uh, has attended this, uh, oh, at least for the last 10 years. And uh, Concord has a parade through the town that we participate in. That's, that's one thing that we do. But we uh, then later in the week, on the 19th, uh, and this has only been for the last four years, or this was the fourth year we did it, uh, we have been invited by the National Park to participate in ceremonies where uh, the Color Guard marches in, crosses the bridge. While on the bridge, we uh, perform a musket volley. And this is mm-hmm. done, uh, there's plenty of spectators there, and you're talking about uh, the children. Uh, lots of kids were there this year. Uh, we had uh, pictures taken afterwards. People, you know, when you see soldiers in uh, colonial garb, you want your selfie done with them. That's, that, that's right. not that's... Uh, uncommon to us. But with all the kids this year, uh, it was quite impressive. They, they gathered around. We had one youngster who came in. He was eight years old. Uh, I remember his na- first name was Caleb. We have a That's Caleb right. in the color guard. Caleb uh, came up to us. He had a plastic uh, musket and a tricorn <laughs> hat on. And he posed uh, with us for pictures. And then uh, informally, we marched back to the cars. Uh, parked up at the visitor center, which is a few hundred yards away. And uh, with our drummer on the drum uh, and uh, us in rank, uh, this young Caleb marched and never missed a step. He stayed in perfect step the whole way back. So uh, it it, it was quite impressive to see a youngster that age uh, totally involved with what was going on. So, that kind of thing, uh, yeah, that it, kind of makes makes all of the effort, you know, the 
learning about cleaning the musket and keeping it buying the uniforms and keeping them up to date and all that and then all the different training it makes it worthwhile when stuff like that happens but uh tell me yes. some of the events uh, some of the activities that sar the sar is involved in and what members what kind of things that members do well the color guard is a big part of it now uh it's not the only part of it by any stretch of the imagination it is really what is our most visible end uh, to the public uh, we as the color guard participate in parades we participate in grave marking ceremonies we uh, are called to uh, present the colors at various events the color guard uh, has a schedule that last year had maybe a total of a dozen events uh, we have more requests than we're able to fill is, is uh, one of the things that I should point out. Uh, the group is, uh, has 25 names on our uh, call list right now of, of 25. I'd say there's probably uh, two dozen to 18 maybe at the tops that will show up from time to time. But... Uh, the the group is not huge we don't have a, a a huge color guard we're always looking for more uh members but um we uh are the public face besides that we do uh the grave marking uh work is something that is really becoming more and more popular uh, amongst the local chapters and you don't have to be uh, a color guard member to be involved with uh, this sort of effort. What we do need to do is identify uh, where uh, Revolutionary War soldiers are buried, uh, and we want to ultimately mark those graves with SAR markers. And this is something that's being undertaken uh, with several chapters throughout the state and um, it, it's getting more and more popular sometimes there is color guard involvement where there's a whole big ceremony but there doesn't need to be uh, so uh, that along with uh, events that occur on our traditional holidays you'll see uh, involvement veterans day uh, reads across america now is becoming very popular and involves uh, members that are not necessarily in the color guard um, Memorial Day the 4th of July all of the uh, significant national holidays you'll see somewhere along the line we're going to be participating in one way or another um, so the, the SAR also has uh, scholarships they, uh, they award to certain young people Yes, the youth program is, uh, involves uh, providing uh, support and award and acknowledgement to Boy Scout, the Boy Scouts of America is one organization that we support. Uh, the uh, JROTC and ROTC programs uh, of uh, the military we support with awards. This is becoming a very big program where we, uh, commanders of the uh, various ROTC units and JROTC units, recommend people for uh, 
a, a citation. And we in our uh, color guard uniforms will oftentimes show up and make those presentations. Um, Use I know contest. at our last luncheon, at our luncheon um, in April, just past uh, April 15th, there were some young men who are, are uh, high school ROTC cadets, and they had saved uh, the lives of some, and, and they, there was a house on fire. And it was so nice to see these wholesome young men uh, and their parents. Uh, none of these folks, I think, are SAR people, but we recognize them. And again, an unforgettable experience for these young people. In fact, I went up to them and offered them their parents. I offered them a week at our summer camp, you know. So hopefully, some of them will be able to. Oh, yeah. that, that's terrific! Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's that's correct. That uh, originated with uh, members in uh, the Henshaw chapter, which is in Worcester. And uh, what occurred was last Thanksgiving, uh, these four boys all of them members of the junior ROTC uh, in, uh, nor at North High School in Worcester were uh, driving by, and it was rather late at night, I think, uh, well, not the wee hours, but uh, 11 p.m. or something, mm -hmm. and one of them detected uh, the smell of smoke, and they pulled over and uh, identified that a building was, in fact, on fire, and they... Uh, raced to the doors, banged on doors, and ended up barging in and alerting uh, the residents who were mostly asleep in that building at the time uh, that the, the building was on fire. And this was covered uh, uh, significantly in the local media, but not widespread. Uh, I right. don't actually recall hearing about it myself. I live in uh, Quincy, uh, but it was a big-time event. And uh, those members out in the Henshaw chapter said, you know what, the SAR uh, offers a uh, heroism award. Now, this is above and beyond what we do for uh, ROTC or mm -hmm. Eagle Scouts or Youth Awards. This is a separate award that gets awarded uh, by our organization to citizens. And... Uh, they felt that this would be an, a very appropriate medal to award to those uh, JROTC uh, cadets. We happen to have the President General, the, uh, the leader of the National Society, with us at uh, that uh, meeting on April 15th that you referred to, and he made uh, the presentation. So, yes, it was uh, quite an experience to have them come show up in uniform with their parents and uh, be acknowledged in that way. Now, the organization, um, now you're the, pre the Massachusetts president. Yeah. Can you explain how it's structured? Well, uh, we discussed local chapters, but how is it structured? There's a, a regional, state, and then national offices? Right. Uh, the national headquarters are, is in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it originally was in Washington, D.C. Uh, they moved it to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, oh, back in the 70s, I, I believe. And they have quite a headquarters building down there, and now a new museum. And uh, they're in, like, the Museum Row, Louisville Slugger Bats are across the oh, street. Oh, cool. I, 
Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been there myself, but uh, I understand it's quite an experience. They have uh, uh, a big library on premises and whatnot. <clears throat> the national organization uh, is where uh, the headquarters exists, and you've got um, the president general and the treasurer general, and then. Uh, all of the office, the senior officers, all the way down the line. Each and these folks are all volunteers. They're all volunteer people, aren't yes, they? Yes, everybody's part. a yes. volunteer. There, there is uh, full-time staff members mm-hmm. that run the corporation that are uh, separate from them. They run the business right. end of uh, the organization. Um, now, that's the national portion. We all report to them, basically. Each individual state, and all 50 states do have uh, their own society, and uh, they're actually in many foreign countries as well. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many exactly, but there's a number of uh, societies in other countries. Uh, well, let me they, let me ask you this question, Bob. Um, yeah. If you are, if uh, that we had some French that fought for us, we yes. had some other. Uh, would they qualify to be an SAR? Or do you have to be a U.S. citizen? No, French uh, uh, do qualify. The French oh, okay. have their that they, they do have their own society, and uh, yes, uh, I, I'm not sure what that process is. But uh, uh, I know that France uh, is one of the countries that does have a society. In fact, going back to uh, Edwin Shepard Barrett, he, uh, while he was the Massachusetts uh, president, actually he went on to become uh, uh, president general of the, the National Society. Maybe it was while he was president general. He brought uh, France into the organization. So uh, I can't give you the detail. I don't know what the right. details are. Right, no, that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, right. But um, I assume that if you were a uh, French soldier, that uh, there would be some way to qualify. Uh, but the state societies are set up. Uh, they oversee uh, then the, smaller un- the smallest of the units, which are the individual local chapters. And we cur- encourage all new members to be first participants in their local chapter. And then uh, as things grow, you get involved with uh, statewide activity. So, uh, yeah, it goes all the way up from uh, your local level to uh, the national level. Now, how long is your term as president? Is that, is that a year long? Is it uh, yeah. rotating? Or how does that work? Uh, the election uh, for president is a one-year term. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people uh, don't get uh, settled into the job until the end. <laughs> Towards, <laughs> I, I can vouch yeah. for that. Until uh, <laughs> the end of uh, about a year. And they'll stick around for at least two years. What we've seen in the recent past is two years is uh, generally considered uh, uh, a full term, uh, although you are elected one year at a time. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can 
be longer than that. Uh, I don't know that there's term limits, but uh, uh, I, I, I don't think I'll be testing that that <laughs> myself. But uh, well, I'm I'm very glad that um, you are elected president of the Massachusetts chapter. We have about a minute left. Where can the millions upon millions of listeners all over the world, if they want to learn about the SAR, if they qualify, or they just want to learn some great history of our country, where can they go? Well, uh, talking about the Internet, that's the the place to go right now. Uh, The National Society has a huge website. Uh, That would be, uh, I guess it is, www.nc.org. uh, SAR.org. Our local or our state website, which has just recently been redone and is actually, Mike Fishbein did a wonderful job uh, uh, rebuilding that website, is up and running at www.massar.org. Uh, we, uh, we refer to ourselves, the Massachusetts society as massar m-a-s-s-a-r dot org uh there's tons of information there we try to keep our calendar very uh up to date um but other uh articles uh, of interest and uh uh events and so forth are always to be found there well, Bob, thank you so much uh, to compatriot Bob. I should say that's the term we use yes, to address each other. Uh, and uh, we'll see you hopefully at the next meeting of, of the uh, Boston chapter. And by the way, there is a Facebook page too for the Boston chapter. That's correct. Meet some of the people that belong to it. With that, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host Hal Schumer. And until next week, may God richly bless you. Thank you, Hal.